Hey, thanks for joining me with this edition of Faith to Live By. This is a podcast where we explore life's issues from the Christian worldview, because I really want us to live the victorious life Christ died to give us, don't you? I mean, people talk about life being victorious in Christ, but I don't see as much of it as I hear about. I'm Pam Christian, your host, and I sincerely want you to come to call me your friend because I produce my weekly podcast with you in mind from a heart of deep compassion. My calling and my mission, in reality, my passion, is to help people discover and live in life-giving truth. In fact, one of my descriptive bylines is that I work to expose the lies, reveal the truth, and empower the faithful. I'm both a charismatic and an apologist, and as such, I really want people to learn how to balance spiritual realities with rational thought. I've found many charismatics emphasize experience, while many non-charismatics emphasize intellectual pursuit of scripture. And honestly, I think God intends us to live in a good balance of both, which I see explained in God's instructions for us to worship him in both spirit and in truth. That's in John 4:24. I've always promoted what is good and fair, believing strongly in the importance of truthfulness and justice. Now, don't misunderstand me because before I submitted my life to Christ, I lived according to the world, and I certainly did not always uphold what is good, fair, and truthful. But looking back, even as a heathen, there were times when I fought for what was right. I remember being around 12 years old, I think it was, and I saw another younger girl mistreating a kitten. And I walked directly up to her and I said something like, if you don't know how to properly care for a kitten, then you don't deserve to keep it. And I took it away from her and I brought the kitten home. People must have recognized my penchant for justice because there was another time when I was in high school and some of the members of our drill team known as the Featherettes came running up to me asking for my help. They were challenging a decision to allocate funds to the armed drill team to get new guns without any allocation for the featherettes to get new uniforms or equipment or something. And I heard their point of view and walked with them to the student council meeting and basically acted as their attorney. One of the student council members was really advocating for the armed drill team and the funds allocated to them. And I listened carefully. And then I asked, are you a member of the armed drill team? Sheepishly, he answered yes. And in response, I stated, I'm not a featherette. Well, all the featherettes in the room burst into tears because I was clearly representing what I believed to be right without any personal interest in the matter. And I don't recall the outcome, but I suspect the matter was equalized somehow. But I really liked that the girls saw something in me that caused them to seek me out as their advocate. And then not too long ago, while I was attending a home prayer group, the woman in charge, who was highly prophetic, responded to something I said. And with a lilt in her voice, she says, you walk under the banner of justice. So I can't help myself. I'm created by God to seek to shed the light of truth on anything I see that is not truth. In fact, it was this natural tendency that caused me to write what I thought would be an op-ed article in response to an article published by ABC News that was titled, Americans are surprisingly flexible about matters of religious faith. I thought I would read that Americans don't mind having people of all religious beliefs living in our country. But that's not what I read. Instead, I read that people were taking tenets of different religious beliefs and creating a so-called faith of their own preference. They even had names for them. Buju is what people call themselves who practice tenets of Buddhism and Judaism. And then there's Chrislam for those incorporating tenets of the Christian and Muslim faith. And as I read this article, I became so enraged and my heart broke 
to think there are so many people, including people in high positions of leadership and influence, who are so susceptible to deception. Absolutely outrage. I sat down to write to ABC, and while I was writing, I heard the Lord say, this is not an article. It's going to be a book. And now you need to understand, for years, people told me I would write a book or books, and I always rejected the idea, not wanting to get involved in such a lengthy and laborious project. But at that moment, in my upset, in response to the Lord, I said, okay, Lord, I'll write a book. And my fingers kept going wildly on the keyboard. Then, as I continued writing, I heard the Lord say, it will be more than one book. And again, I replied, okay, Lord, more than one book. Well, at the time, which was about 2012, I had no idea I would write what is currently five books, all under the same project, called Faith to Live By. The first book in the series is titled Examine Your Faith, Finding Truth in a World of Lies, which was clearly in response to the article from ABC News. I consider this my anchor book, as it really is the foundation of all the work that I do, whether it's writing books or articles or speaking and teaching or crafting my podcast and internet television programs. That first book explores the topic of truth to discover if truth is absolute or relative, if truth can be objectively identified or is it a subjective concept. I explore the popular notion that all roads lead to the same God in heaven and the idea that all religions are equal and can be blended, which is the mindset of those referenced in the article by ABC News. To prove my point that all religions are not equal and neither can they be blended, I devoted a chapter to each of the five major world religions and one on New Age so my readers can see the origin and the vast differences of each of these religious faiths. Then I go on and I provide evidence of how the Bible is superior to all other documents of religious authority on the basis of manuscript, archaeological, and historical evidence, objective, verifiable evidence. Then with the Bible properly defended, I use it, along with historical, prophetic, and eyewitness testimony, to prove Jesus was who he claimed to be. Then I conclude the book with a chapter asking my readers if they are willing to embrace the truth. I hope you get a copy of this book because it's a great primer to Christians to better explain why they believe the Christian faith, which means you will be better equipped to share your faith, to share truth with others. And if there's ever a time the world needs truth, it's today. I'm pleased to share that all the books in this series have won multiple awards and are endorsed by some highly recognizable Christian leaders. I think that you'll really appreciate the book, and I'll have information about it in the show notes. I've learned no one wants to live their life on the basis of a lie, yet many people do without realizing it. Many people are deceived about what is true, what is right, what is good, and are completely unaware of the deception because that's the nature of deception. The victim is unaware of their condition. This is why I urge people to regularly and intentionally examine what they believe and why so they can be confident they base their life on truth. Again, no one wants to live their life on the basis of a lie. You know, just driving down the street, seeing billboards or listening to the radio or television or even instructors in the classroom, we can be influenced by any number of ideals and philosophies that claim to be true, accurate, and good, when in fact they are not. But we can't know if they're false unless we scrutinize the claims in the light of truth. When I unexpectedly encountered a life crisis that challenged everything I ever believed, I was forced to realize much of what I had based my life on was a lie. It was that crisis of faith that caused me to examine everything I believed to make sure I based my life on truth. And from that, I have coined the statement, faith is like automobile insurance. It must be in place before there's a crisis. 
it does no good to purchase automobile insurance after an accident, right? So making certain our lives are based on truth can help us avoid many life's crises and can help us better overcome any unavoidable crisis. Another reason I'm passionate about helping you discover and live in life-giving truth is the fact that I am a miraculous survivor of sudden cardiac arrest. Yeah, in 2002, I most unexpectedly suffered sudden cardiac arrest and I died. My heart completely stopped. In that experience, I encountered what I call the threshold of heaven, where I basked in the euphoric peace and sovereignty of God. And even these words do not describe the incredible experience of heaven I enjoyed. Obviously, I was revived. And in fact, the whole story of my experience will be broadcast on Focus on the Family Radio mid-February this year. It's scheduled for about February 16th at this time, but the date could change. This will be the third time they've actually broadcast my story, and I'm really, really grateful for two reasons. First of all, I've had many people contact me to share that when they or someone they were with seemed to be experiencing the same symptoms I described as the onset of my sudden cardiac arrest, they recalled my testimony and immediately got medical help, which saved the person's life. And the other reason is my personal incident allowed me to have experiential knowledge of the existence of God in heaven, which cemented my commitment to Christ and the mandate on me, on all of us really, to share the gospel. Experiencing sudden cardiac arrest made it very clear to me that our lives are far more fragile than we realize. Our life can be taken from us in the blink of an eye, and where we spend our eternal future will depend upon our effort to discover and live in life-giving truth. I'll have a link for you to hear my sudden cardiac arrest story on Focus on the Family, and if you miss it, or if you want to share more with others, I'll also have a link to my webpage devoted to my story and the hopes of helping others with their physical lives and also their spiritual lives. Now, I wanted to share all of this because I was recently asked this question. If people were to describe what you're all about or what they can expect of you, what would you like them to say? Well, I want people, I want you to confidently know I am an advocate for you, wanting very much for you to confidently live in life-giving truth and enjoy all the hope truth offers. The Bible is clear. We can only be set free if we discover and abide in truth. No one wants to live their life on the basis of a lie, so it's important for us to continually work at making sure what we believe, what we hold to be true, actually is true. For that reason, this podcast and all the ministry work I do is dedicated to examining life's experiences, social and cultural issues, and more to make certain we are not deceived. Today, I want to continue to explore present-day events that are adversely impacting people on a worldwide scale. Last week, I explored the importance of our trusting God even in times of darkness when it seems nothing is making sense. Today, I want to explore how we need to use these days of darkness to prepare for the light that is sure to come. Don't lose hope. The light is sure to come, and I want to help you prepare for that. But before I do, I want to make sure you know about my primary sponsor, Edward Torres, a team member with Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, and my personal financial advisor. When it comes to our future, we need to gain God's wisdom and work in partnership with God to fulfill His plans for us. So having a good financial plan is essential. And when it comes to financial planning, one size fits all isn't a fit at all. Just ask Ed Torres, a team member with financial advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, 
Ask him about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. It's a personalized, flexible step-by-step approach toward financial balance so you can feel confident about the future as well as your wants and needs today. With the Confident Retirement Approach and a one-on-one relationship with an advisor, Edward Torres will help you live life and saving for tomorrow in a way that's right for you. It's what financial balance is all about. So call Ed today, 949-250-3210. Offices are located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They are licensed in many states, so I'll have a link for his website on the show notes, and I encourage you to contact him for a free consultation. As I said, he's my financial advisor and a wonderful Christian man I highly recommend. In order for me to produce my podcasts, I need the support of my sponsors and listeners. I never ask you to give to my ministry direct, but I do ask you to avail of the services and products you'll find in my show notes. In that way, I'll receive some needed financial support. So let me thank you in advance. Now, in keeping with the trend in my recent podcast, let's remember the reality we find ourselves in. There is not a day that goes by that I'm not made aware of yet another level of corruption, of more lies and evil. I would say I'm shocked, but as we've been caused to learn so much already, learning of additional corruption and manipulation by governments and governmental leaders intended to control and oppress us, I have come to expect it. What we're dealing with is far greater than any human solution, which I believe is precisely the realization God wants us to come to. This is for God to take care of. Nothing that we are learning is new to God. He's known about the deep tentacles of corruption and evil that have existed not only in America, but as we're finding out worldwide. I believe that these days we're living in, which I call the days of darkness, are being permitted by God so his people will be awakened to the truth, the truth that will set us free. I've said all along, what we're living in is not political. Rather, it is a battle of good versus evil being played out before our very eyes. And as I've said last week, we can no longer afford to be strictly observers of world events. In fact, I believe it's being passive observers that has permitted the increase of evil all around us. And for these reasons, I tackle our real-world issues on this podcast with every intention of discovering truth and siding with God to see His plan of victory for His people. And I believe God is making it clear that his people must become engaged in his plan to overcome evil in our midst. And by the way, I had a person ask me why I focus on politics in my podcast, and I want to address that. It's actually incorrect to say I focus on politics. Instead, I focus on government and how we must respond to the local and world governments as God's people. Consider that government or law and order was established and ordained by God. The first we read about this is God's issue of the Ten Commandments, to govern the lives of his people with the assurance of blessings and prosperity for those who keep his commandments. Later, God revealed even more government for the benefit of all society, as we read about in the book of Leviticus. It was and is God's desire that his people live in peace and safety. Therefore, with the reality of evil in our midst, God established standards for the governing rule of society to keep evil in check and to allow his people to flourish. It was God's desire that he would be our governor. But 
God's people preferred instead to have earthly kings like other nations, which was in effect rejecting God. So God gave his people what they wanted, earthly kings and leaders who rule with either righteous or evil hearts, depending on the individual. We read in the Old Testament how people gathered together of one mind and built the Tower of Babel to dethrone God altogether. However, God dispersed them and confounded their language, and in so doing, God established the nations of the world. We read in Isaiah that the nations are Christ's inheritance. The Bible teaches some nations are sheep nations or righteous nations, whereas others are goat nations that do not recognize God. And for centuries, people of the earth have been subjected to earthly governments, both good and evil. Gratefully, Isaiah 9-6 makes it abundantly clear the government of all things is on Christ's shoulders. No matter what happens within earthly governments, God's people can still appeal to God for his intervention. Praying to God, seeking his intervention, is the least we can do if we want to live in peace and safety as God desires for us. Beyond that, we must get involved and be active participants in God's answer to our prayers. We've seen what mere observation and non-involvement has brought upon us. Now it's time for us to seek the Lord for his strategy, his plan to help us in these great and terrible days. Each of us has been given gifts, talents, abilities, and areas of influence where we can and must be ambassadors for Christ in every area of society, every mountain of cultural influence, the church, the family, education, business, arts and entertainment, media, and government. God is making clear if we want to turn the events and the realities of our world around for the better, then we must get engaged in his process. Don't you agree with me? Isn't it about time we get involved and represent Christ in all the seven mountains of society? You know, in years past, I would ask the Lord about the events of the book of Revelation, especially wanting to understand how Satan could get the cooperation of the whole world willing to get the mark of the beast. I just couldn't wrap my mind around it because I know I represent many people who will go down before I cooperate with the devil. And I think the Lord has shown me how the devil can get such an advantage in this year of COVID-19 with all that has been revealed in the hearts and minds of people in high positions of influence and power of people in various governments around the world. Let me review just part of what we've encountered on a global scale. In January 2020, we learned of the COVID-19 virus, which came from China, which has invaded every aspect of our daily lives worldwide for over a year now, with no speculation about when we can hope to be through this crisis. We've heard medical experts weigh in on how we should respond to this crisis. Dr. Fauci early on said wearing masks would not help protect us from the virus. Then he said we should wear masks. And recently, he said we should wear two masks. At the same time, the World Health Organization has published conflicting information about the efficacy of wearing masks at all. We had medical professionals claim hydroxychloroquine with zinc and z would work wonders in reducing the effects of the virus, only to later be told HCQ, which has been in use as an over-the-counter drug worldwide for other ailments, has not been sufficiently tested. With that unsubstantiated claim, HCQ was no longer accessible for most of us. Dr. Simone Gold and others came out to properly inform the populace that HCQ is a viable drug for COVID-19, only to be shut down by the medical community, media, and others. However, 
Recently, the American Journal of Medicine published an article that HCQ is good for treatment of COVID-19. Additionally, we've been told that a vaccine, which normally would take several years to develop, has been miraculously developed in a matter of months, and people are being encouraged to get vaccinated. There is even talk that vaccines will be required to travel. We hear of severe side effects from the vaccine and about some people dying from the vaccine, only to have Bill Gates attempt to explain these were unique cases where high doses were administered. Bill Gates is not even a medical professional, and he's known to be a proponent for population control. So his motives behind wanting people to become vaccinated are questionable. Bill Gates has ownership with nine big pharmaceutical companies, including Merck, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson, which, in my opinion, makes his push for people to take the vaccine even more questionable. Moreover, Merck recently announced their cancellation of the vaccine with the statement, quote, it's more effective to get the virus and recover. Dr. Simone Gold and team have expressed great concern for the vaccine that has not been properly tested, making it an experimental vaccine that's being used on humans. I've read some of the warnings for potential harm from the vaccine includes infertility. Does that have anything to do with population control? Also, the ingredients in the vaccine are quite potentially harmful and may include elements that, if known, people would not willingly allow to be injected into their bodies. These are just some examples of the conflicting information and confusion about matters of truth we have been subjected to on a global scale this past year alone. And what is especially important for us with this podcast is the realization of the part governments have from around the world with all of this. I'll have several links to different websites and articles that substantiate these claims I've just made. I suspect you've been aware of most of this, but when you put it all together, it's really overwhelming. We've seen governments and government leaders colluding to elevate themselves while oppressing the common people. There is tremendous evidence of those in positions of leadership wanting to form a one-world order, not unlike the people who built the Tower of Babel. Global elites are planning what they call the Great Reset. There's even a name for it. It's an initiative launched last year by the World Economic Forum concerning policies on climate, economics, health, and more. Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum and the current executive chairman and self-appointed world leader, stated, quote, The world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies from education to social contracts and working conditions. Every country from the United States to China must participate in every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed, end quote. From my vantage point, it most assuredly looks like the efforts of Joe Biden are entirely consistent with the agenda for one world government. I'll have links where you can learn more about this in the show notes. The whole world has watched with hope of hopes the 2020 presidential election in the United States and continues to watch events specific to America's government with hopes of restoration of righteousness and integrity and the eradication of corruption. What I pray, hope, and expect to see is that God's people will get engaged in the affairs of all the seven mountains of society, including government, to make America godly again. The eyes of the world are on America with the hopes of seeing our nation turn around, which in turn brings hope for the nations of the world. I think this past year has been a precursor 
a real-world experiential example of what will happen in the end days, according to the book of Revelation. As I've said before, I don't believe we're in the end days, but we are at the beginning of the end days. Before the end days of the book of Revelation occur, there will be a great harvest of souls for Christ, which I believe is imminent. I believe we will see the beginning of this great harvest in this very year of 2021. You know, the enemy wanted to take us from the church age to the end of the age, but God won't allow it. God will have his billion soul harvest, and we who are alive today are intended by God to partner with him in making disciples of all nations. We must get prepared in this time of darkness to bring the light of truth of Jesus to many, many people in the days to come. This is not a task given to pastors and Christian leaders, but to every Christian believer. To each and every one of us who has discovered the truth of Jesus, we are charged with sharing the truth according to the Great Commission of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. Don't you sense the importance and the purpose of your life in this hour? No matter which of the seven mountains you spend most of your time on, whether it's church, family, business, arts, entertainment, media, education, or government, you are being called upon in this very hour to prepare yourself, to make yourself ready, to be fully engaged as we come out of this present darkness and into the light. I agree with Mario Murillo, who wrote in his January 30th, 2021 blog, quote, we can all find someone to blame. We can blame prophets. We can blame doubters. But as long as we're blaming, we are unavailable to take our nation back. We must shake off all distraction and division. God wants to give us our nation back. The enemy has invaded. This is not the time to turn on each other. Look to God again. Listen to the stirring of the Holy Spirit. The strategies and tactics for regaining America are being released from heaven to a special core who will shake off the battle fatigue of Satan, end quote. You'll want to read the entire post, so I'll have a link in the show notes. I also agree with Dutch Sheets, who has said concerning God's plan for America, phase one is complete and phase two is coming. Dutch Sheets explained, quote, an army of Caleb's has been awakened in America. What many have not yet figured out is that the recent election wasn't about Donald Trump. It was about a belief system and a root system. Millions of Americans have awakened to the fact that their roots are being attacked. This attack has now progressed to a war on their beliefs. They're being told what they must believe and what they are allowed to say. They now know this. But the seed of America was planted and her roots sprang up from an appeal to heaven. In spite of all the odds, the appeal worked. And we have and are appealing again. What this is causing, and also what many don't yet realize, is that God himself is about to make his move. Our prayers have not been in vain. Even the prayers surrounding the election and its aftermath, the appeals have moved the struggle for America's destiny out of our hands and into God's, motivated by his great love. God is coming with another redeeming wave of revival that will sweep millions into his family. He has been challenged. He shall now respond, end quote. Dutch said, the appeal is working and a surprise is coming. To read more of what Dutch shared and how we must pray and get involved, I'll have a link to the article in the show notes. We are in the dark now, but the light of day is coming. The third great awakening, the billion soul harvest, is on the horizon. 
I hope you've heard my previous podcast stressing the importance of our getting actively engaged in God's plan, partnering with him in answer to our prayers. We can no longer afford to be merely spectators. Now is the time we are being called upon to rise up with the spirit of Joshua and Caleb in partnership with God for us to secure the promises God wants us to possess. If you've liked what you've heard today, let's connect beyond this podcast. Consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will also make you a preferred member where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. With so much going on every day, let's also connect on Facebook at Faith to Live By TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. Also, be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there's a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. Again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring to you is how you can support me, which would be greatly appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel and helps people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you are sure not to miss a single edition. And lastly, visit my page for this show at faithtoliveby.com where you can learn about and take advantage of the special offers available to my listeners from my sponsors and partners. Faith to Live By is a business owned and operated by Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC. Next week, I want to explore some very practical things we must be doing now as individuals and as the church in preparation of the great harvest. Let's take advantage of this downtime to get fully equipped for the anticipated move of God in our behalf. And if you want to get a sneak peek of next week's podcast, then visit my webpage for my books, Prepare for the Harvest, Confidence in God's End Time Promises, and Prepare for the Harvest, God's Challenge to the Church Today. You'll find details about these books in my show notes. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him. 